Hey everyone, I'm Amy. I'm Nikki. And this is Why We're Married. Okay, y'all. So last week we introduced my segment, which was Amy's Rants and Raves. Now we decided that Nikki is going to do a segment called Nikki's Highs and Lows, where Nikki gives us their high from the week and their low from the week. And I don't have any rants or raves this week, so Nikki's going to go with their high and lows. Nikki? Okay, my high this week is convincing the owner of my company to let my department um, include jeans in our business casual dress code. So I get to wear jeans tomorrow. That That's my high. And my low is I got yelled at over the phone because somebody couldn't put in their address correctly to pay online. And they were like, why is it so hard to put my address in? And I was like, that's on you. I don't know why it's so hard. I'm asking like, myself the same question. Do you know your address? Most of them don't. Those are my highs and lows. Pretty good week. Not bad. This week we decided to do some deep dives on Reddit to find some somewhat scary stories to tell you guys. We're going to go back and forth. We each have three stories about various creepy, scary, paranormal, real life experiences from people on Reddit. Two of mine are related. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Are you starting us off? Yes. All right. Okay. My first one was posted one month ago and it was by a Reddit user who goes by the Roman numerals v-i-i-i-v-x-v-i-i-v i don't know if i should be reading that as like a, <laughs> like a full number or not but that is what it's called okay so <laughs> mine starts there was nothing special about the evening i'm going to share with everyone i live in these old apartments built in the 60s but i feel like they were built before that i went to sleep as i normally would and my significant other at the time slept next to me i was closest to the wall from where I lay in bed, if I get woken up, I can look straight through my closet and into the bathroom and see the mirror in there. I was awakened and I wasn't sure why. I scanned the room and I didn't see anything in my direct line of sight. My eyes adjusted a bit better and that's when I looked towards the bathroom, which should have been a straight shot to the mirror. However, there was something there in the way of the mirror. That's when it occurred to me that I was looking at a shadowy, extremely tall, basically as big and wide as the doorway uh, it was standing in. A tall man with a heavy trench coat, heavy-duty steel-toed boots, and then a wide-brimmed hat. No other features were made out. It looked as though this man was watching asleep. Instantly thinking it's an intruder, I shook my significant other awake slowly and quietly and the, be the best I could without making sudden or obvious movements. They saw what I was shaking them awake for immediately and squeezed my leg. I was so scared. I thought, surely this is where I die. I watched closely at this man, and he didn't seem to move very much. I saw what looked like breathing movements and just small movements in general. I texted my mom because I figured I can't make a phone call to the police. The intruder will hear me. She said I better not be playing, but that she called the cops. It felt like an eternity. We waited, keeping an eye on the figure, but again, no crazy quick movements, just watching us. I would squeeze my significant other's leg when I thought it would be moving. We hear a loud knocking at the door, and it was the cops at that point. My significant other leapt out of bed and ran for the door. The cops looked around and then started questioning us. There was no figure in the doorway now. Come to find out that figure was the hat man. 
I only discovered this recently as I thought it was sleep paralysis or something, but watching a YouTube video about entities and ghosts, I heard someone being watched by the same shadowy figure in the same way. I was definitely being watched by this entity. The internet only validated what I saw with pictures. So he saw a reoccurring, well, I guess not reoccurring. He saw what he thinks other people have also experienced. Mm-hmm. Like everyone sees the same guy. Yeah. I think I ran across a couple of those that people mentioned like, yeah, I wonder what the lore is behind that. We should look it up. My next one might have secrets to the lore. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Because you said they were the related. Yeah, so there's is, another hat man one. This is the one that's related to the, the other one that I have. Okay. Gotcha. No, that is freaky. It's very freaky. Also, I am, I know I'm a very technical and like logical person, mm-hmm. but if you if you wake up and you see someone standing in the doorway... And then you are like, okay, I'm going to text someone but not make a phone call. Like, to me, there's just no difference between those two things. And, like... Yeah. Also, you can text 911. Well, maybe... Yeah. Maybe they didn't know that. Somebody should tell them. Yeah. Now that they have a ghost in their house, someone should tell them. You're right. (laughs) My first story comes from a Reddit user named Goddamn Kami. And this was posted 60 days ago. And it's called An Unexplained Experience I Had Counseling at Summer Camp Some Years Ago. This is the user's story. I can't fall asleep right now and figured I'd share my one and only potential paranormal encounter. It happened when I was 15, about six or seven years ago, when I finally grew old enough to become a counselor at a summer camp I had attended annually for most of my childhood. The camp is camp. I just listened to that pronunciation and now I can't remember it. The camp is Camp Anakajig in Plymouth, Wisconsin, if you want to check it out. You would imagine that a summer camp as large and old as Anakajig would have its fair share of scary stories and camp legends, but from my experience, that really wasn't the case. Ghost stories around the campfire were, of course, popular, but there weren't really any specifically about the camp itself. That is, except one commonly accepted notion among the staff. Thunderbird Cabin 2 is haunted. See, the camp is separated into a boys and girls side, and these sides are further divided into sections with names like Lakeview, Timber Trail, and of course, Thunderbird. Counselors would rotate through sections throughout the summer. During the particular week of the story, I was stationed in Thunderbird and was assigned with another counselor who I'll call Keegan to watch over the infamous cabin too. Stories about Cabin 2 varied. Entities outside of the windows, goat men, scratching sounds at odd hours of the night, whatever. The diverse and often hyperbolized nature of these stories actually led me to doubt the legitimacy of all of them. It's a much more likely explanation that there was a desire for ghost stories at camp and that someone came up with Thunderbird 2 is haunted, lol, which just happened to stick. I still believe this, in fact. I do not believe in ghosts or the paranormal, but I know what I experienced and any rational explanation I can come with does not seem fully convincing. Anyways, it goes as follows. This week, I was assigned to watch the youngest group of boys, about six to eight years old. We like to have everyone in bed early since the young kids can be restless and they needed time to wind down. This particular night, things went smoothly for Keegan and I. We had gotten all of the kids seemingly asleep rather quickly. Being a little older, we would stay up and chat or read, and this night was no different. We both sat in Keegan's bunk sharing a pair of earbuds and watching YouTube videos. It's important now to describe the layout of a cabin in Thunderbird. They were simplistic, rectangular, raised wood cabins. The inner parameter was lined with bunk beds and housed about 20 to 30 campers and two counselors. 
Small, high-set rectangular windows along all sides provide moderate moonlight at night. Anyways, we're watching a video and all the kids are asleep, dead quiet inside. You can barely hear the crackling of the dwindling campfire outside and the muffled, normal sounds of a Midwest forest at night. That is, until something disturbs the peace. The unmistakable sound of someone shaking in a sleeping bag breaks the silence. It's clear from the noise and vibrations that one of the campers is basically flailing in their bunk. Their sleep bag is rustling, the metal bunk is squeaking, the sound of their body bouncing on the mattress makes a dull thumping. Keegan and I quickly take out the earbuds, pause for a moment to listen to the sound, and turn to each other with a concerned what-the-hell look on our faces. Initially, I'm actually worried a camper is having a seizure. And then, on the other side of the cabin, we hear the same noise, the same vibration. Only a few seconds after, the first camper started to shake, a second one joins in. Then another, and another, and another. Within seven or eight seconds, literally every fucking kid in this cabin is flailing in their bags. The sound of rustling fabric and straining bed springs is all you can hear. In the pale moonlight, you could also see the outlines of their bodies bouncing around a little. The entire cabin is vibrating at this point, and Keegan and I are frozen, wide-eyed, terrified. We each have the same frightened look, and it's clear that neither of us have any idea what is going on or what to do. We sit, paralyzed, for some period of time while the collective possession around us continues. After 15 or 20 seconds of this, the cacophony stops. Like a switch is slipped, all the campers stop moving and go perfectly still, back to sleeping undisturbed. Still immobilized with fear, Keegan and I still sit completely still as well, not talking or moving. Scared, I'm assuming that this was simply the beginning of something worse. Unsure whether to run or check the campers. Minutes go by, both of us looking around, eyes darting to the door of the surrounding bunks, braced for impending doom. I'm not sure how, but at the same time, both of us silently conclude we should bolt. As fast as we can, we leap from the bunk and sprint out the door into the clearing that accompanies the cabins. The only person still outside, fuck them kids, is our senior <laughs> counselor scrolling through his phone by the fire. He's surprised to see the two counselors of a cabin dash out the way we did. Panicked, we try to explain what the hell happened. He brushes it off but agrees to check the cabin. As you can guess, he doesn't see or hear anything but peacefully sleeping campers. We reluctantly return to the cabin and get in our beds. Still on high alert, I lay awake for some time, braced and waiting for something. But alas, I drift off at some point. Wouldn't you believe it, in the morning, none of the kids claim to know anything about the night previous. They all claim to have fallen asleep like any other night, and the phenomenon does not continue any following night. As someone who is wholly skeptical and, as previously stated, does not believe in anything not well-founded or observed scientifically, I struggle to think what might have caused this. I want to think it was a prank, but I just don't think a bunch of young children could coordinate something like this so well, or even more so retain their innocence in the matter. If anyone's in his if anyone has any similar stories or even heard of anything that could cause this, I'm all ears. It will probably be the most confused and, and scared I'll ever be in my life. The situation was just so bizarre and sudden. I hope I properly conveyed just how creepy it was. That was That's creepy. She, yeah. She did convey Why do you think it's it a she? Oh. I think all camp counselors should be women. <laughs> <laughs> Strong take, but I don't mm -hmm. think that... <laughs> that men should teenage boys are like yeah young adult men should be around kids <laughs> oh my god um i would have thought she seizures as well yeah i mean at first but i mean all of them 20 fucking kids 
I mean, yeah, no, I don't think it was a mass seizure event. I just think that's weird. Also, why didn't the 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 adult they brought in? Why didn't they like check more? Well, I mean, there wasn't like anything outside. I mean, and they were going to be in there watching them the rest of the night, so something else happened. You know? Yeah, the ghost was inside. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's very weird. And I agree. Also, if it was a prank, like, and they, you know committed to the bit or whatever eventually you would get some kid to crack and prove that they were lying like six to eight year olds are not good liars so no that's that's freaky okay my next story is another one about the hat man and may give us a reason for him showing up potentially um and this was posted 10 years ago by user layla munster and it's just called hat man so they say This is an absolutely true story from when I was very young and one of the few brushes with the paranormal I've ever had. I must have been no older than three or four because this occurred at my house my family and I moved out of shortly after I was that age. I only have this and a select few other memories of living there. I was lying in my bed, which was lengthwise on the same wall as the door into the room, which was right at the foot of my bed. The hall light was on, so there was a bit of that light shining through the door. I wasn't fully asleep yet when I heard a noise and opened my eyes to see what was going on. There, standing in the hallway light from the door, was a black figure that appeared to be a man with what looked like a fedora-type hat on. I could clearly see arms and legs, which, aside from the hat, is why I assumed it was male. The figure was darker than dark, a full matte shadow. He had no facial features save for two holes in his face where his eyes are supposed to be. The weird thing about his eyes was that they were just holes in his head, and the light from the hallway shone through them. He was standing right at the foot of my bed, facing towards me. I was raised on scary movies, and remember thinking it was Freddy Krueger in my room. It just stood there, and I stared at it, completely shocked and terrified. What scared me more than seeing him was the awful feeling the presence invoked. It was more than fear. It felt like everything good had left the room, leaving only him and me. When I finally did move, it was to throw the covers up over my head. I closed my eyes and prayed whatever it was would go away. My heart was beating like crazy. I feared he was going to hurt or kill me. When I removed the blanket and timidly opened one eye to see if the figure was still there, I was relieved to see that he had gone away. The only person I told about it was my mom years later, and she told me my father had probably wandered into my room drunk or something, so I blew it off and lived the rest of my life believing that I must have been dreaming and didn't tell anyone else what happened. Then one day, I was at a paranormal panel at an anime convention, and someone brought up what they called shadow people. If you don't already know about shadow people, they are speculated to be interdimensional beings, bad omens, guardian angels, demons, etc. It all depends on who you talk to. I didn't know anything about them at the time and thought they sounded really creepy. A few people shared their personal shadow people accounts, and the thing that struck me the most deeply was that everyone who had seen these shadow people reported that they were wearing some kind of hat, from top hat to Zorro-style hats to even full hoods. There was one other person in the room who said he'd seen a Vidora-type hat wearing a man... Mm, not wearing a man. <laughs> <laughs> There was one other person in the room who said he'd seen a fedora-type hat-wearing man at the front of his bed when he was young as well. This was all before I had said a single word about my experience. I had a short conversation with him after the panel and told him I'd had the exact same thing happen to me. He asked me if anything bad had happened to me after I saw him because the shadow people were supposed to be bad omens. I told him not that I could remember. He then told me his parents had separated after he saw the hat man in his room. We ended up going our separate ways, but I kept thinking about what he said. 
Later that night, it hit me. The reason my mother, sisters, and I moved out of the house I saw Hatman in was because my father was an abusive alcoholic and my mother took us and left soon after I'd seen him. They got a divorce shortly after. Since then, I've done tons of research on shadow people and Hatman, who has been seen by thousands of other people in similar situations to mine, but there's no conclusive evidence as to who they are, why they're here, or whether or not they're malevolent. Here's a cool image I found that kind of matched what I saw. It's just a picture of like a dark shadowy guy with like light coming through his eyes. Maybe they come here from their dimensions to warn us. Maybe Fedora guy's specialty is watching over broken homes. Maybe they're demons and are the cause for the bad omens they have become a unanimous sign of. Or they could be aliens watching the human race and manifesting as humanoids with hats on so they don't seem so strange to us. Maybe they watch us all every single night and only a few people open their eyes in time to see them. I've never seen him or another shadow person since that night. Maybe that's a good thing. I guess we'll never know. Hmm. Boom, boom, boom. So, Shadow Man with hat. This guy's really stuck on the fedora, but Shadow Man with hat shows up in bad homes. Yeah. Hmm. If you did were you thinking see right him? now, I knew you were going to say that shit. I knew you were going to say that. If you did, you blocked <laughs> that shit out. No, that's not what... No, mine wasn't... I have a very personal relationship with my sleep paralysis demon, but um, <laughs> that's not what he looks like. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't... She didn't... So, describe sleep paralysis oh yeah because she like they why do you think it's a girl uh because they could throw the oh layla whatever yeah theirs wasn't paralysis because they could throw the blankets over their head and stuff but no i never saw the hat man um that i'm aware of but i also don't remember much of anything anything before like 16 so oh my i may have saw him 16 don't be so dramatic everything else is just like made up that's not true. It is true. <laughs> I mean, it is. You've told me stories before then. That ghost stories from before you were 16. I told you, those stories, and you can cut this out, are memories I have retold myself. I don't actually remember them. But aren't, isn't that what memories are? I hope so, because if that's the case, then I have some memories, and that's comforting to me. You never showed me the picture. Do you need a picture? I mean, I was like it and then i can put it on instagram mine has a a video evidence at the end okay this story was posted six years ago from reddit user bing bong one two three four yes bing bong (laughs) i know (laughs) bing bong one two three four says i've been waiting a long time to tell reddit the full story of the whistler the story requires many details, but it is unexplainable, creepy, and 100% true. I also have video evidence. When I was about 8 years old, I was taking my dog for a walk through the neighborhood with my mom. It was maybe 11 p.m. We lived next to a swamp woods area on the edge of our neighborhood in Lansing, Michigan. I remember it being very silent and slightly windy. From down in the swamp, we heard somebody whistling at us. It sounded sort of like a bird, but each whistle was different enough where the lack of consistency made it human-like. The whistle sounded higher, then lower. I can't really describe it. My mom had a concerned, slightly terrified look on her face and grabbed my hand and said that we should go inside quickly. I didn't understand because I was too young, but seeing my mom freak out made me freak out too. After a while, though, I kind of forgot about it. Two years later, I was taking my dog out again late at night. There's a large bush that could easily obscure a person behind it just next to the front door. As I was finishing the walk, the whistling noise started again. Same pitches, same inconsistent human-like tones. 
As soon as I heard it, a chill went down my spine as I remembered exactly the feeling of seeing my mom, terrified, looking down into the swamp at something I couldn't see. Maybe she couldn't either. I ran inside as fast as possible. Years went by and I thought about it less and less. I told only a handful of people and eventually it slipped from my mind. Fast forward to last summer. I'm 24, started dating my girl Sarah. We moved out to South Dakota for work. For Independence Day, we decided to go to Pierre, South Dakota and watch the fireworks along the bank of the Missouri River. There was a free camping spot behind a hospital where you could pitch your tent, hang out, and see the fireworks up the river. We were near the end of the campground and there were very few people around us. As it was getting dark, the fireworks began. They were pretty far away, so the illumination they brought was very little. Thus, we had to sit right at the edge of the river to be able to see them. A huge thunderhead was moving in and a storm was imminent, so the air seemed electric and the wind was picking up. The atmosphere was eerie, to say the least. The police boats herded all the other boats off of the river and had left our area to do that elsewhere. Most of the other campers walked up the river to have a better view of the fireworks, but Sarah and I stayed back and were drinking PBR tall boys and kicking it. Suddenly, we heard the sound of a paddle methodically dipping into the water. We saw a figure steering a canoe about 20 meters offshore. Sarah decided to go get more beers from the car, leaving me alone to stare at this mystery person. And then, of course, they whistled at me. My entire body was frozen and covered in goosebumps. It was the exact same whistler from my childhood, more than a decade earlier. I looked at the figure, but it was much too dark to discern who it could be. They were wearing a hat. When they were perpendicular to the shore from me, they stopped paddling, turned the canoe to face directly at me, and whistled right at me. I was so frightened, I stood up and shouted at them, Who are you? They didn't say anything, just whistled a couple more times, turned the canoe 180 degrees, and paddled out of sight. I'm a videographer, so I already had my camera by my side and was taking video of the fireworks. As the canoe was almost out of sight, I grabbed my camera and got a shot of them whistling as they went away. When Sarah came back from getting beers, she was very confused as to why I was so freaked out. When I explained, she was freaked out a bit too. I was convinced we would both be murdered that night. <laughs> How did this whistling person follow me after 14 years all the way to South Dakota? Was it a coincidence? Why was it the same whistling noise? Who was that person and where did they go? So many questions still unanswered. To this day, I'm more, I'm more afraid of being outside in the dark where I might hear that whistling again. I'm open to any explanations. And then he uh, uploads the video and I can... So it's here now. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why? <laughs> kidney was like half a mile away down the thing, and you can hear the whistling. Yeah. That's crazy. And you just think that makes it not real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that video would be scary, by the way, without any whistling at all. It was dark. There was The waves were so loud. It's unbelievable how loud the waves were. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby. And I'm the monster on the hill. That would be so scary. That one we just did, that would be so scary to hear that a bunch when you're little and then have it come back at you as an adult. 
exactly that is so scary i mean yeah lots of people whistle but (laughs) i can't whistle um i I mean everybody can whistle right like everybody that's you i can't whistle no but like lots of people do it when they're just like you know doing things and don't even realize it but like the odds of if this is just the same whistle tune that this guy's hearing like 10 years apart in completely different places oh i forgot to say this but he said i asked my mom about it i sat her down and played the video for her but she honestly doesn't remember anything like that happening i wish i had something more exciting to say alas it must remain a mystery wait so his mom who freaked out about it when he was little Mm -hmm. didn't even remember it no that's freaky okay ready for last one best one Mm mm-hmm I'm ready to be shaking in my boots. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Oh. I'm ready to be mildly freaked out. <laughs> okay, so so this this next story I have was compiled into one comment seven years ago. But before that, it was somebody had commented a couple of times whenever people would like ask them questions on an initial ask that they answered on Reddit. And then someone came by after that and compiled all of it into one long, easy, like, story to read or comment to read. So I'm not sure who the original poster is. Okay, like you're saying somebody else wrote smaller individual comments and then somebody else compiled them all into one comment. But it wasn't the original. Okay. Yeah, because they, everyone was so interested in it, they kept asking questions and the person kept answering but they never went back and just wrote their own master post. So somebody went and like just compiled it so that, that we, like everyone could read it. Okay. Uh, so if it feels choppy or something like feels weird, that's wise because it was answered, like asked and answered basically. It was a spring of 2007. My- Answers the question. This happened. <laughs> Wait, this what? happened in 2007. I just said I don't know when it originally happened because I don't have the post. Oh. And then it starts... In the spring of 2007. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not... So, like, 15 years ago. That's not usually, when, it, like, usually happened. when they wrote it. Well, no, but, but that's important saying. context as well. Yeah. So, this happened. Um, anyways. It was the spring of 2007. My then-boyfriend and I were on our way from New York down to Miami to go to a music festival. We were driving south on the highway along the east coast of central Florida when we pulled into a rest area so that he could catch a nap. He'd been driving all day when he decided that he desperately needed a short rest before getting back behind the wheel. We had very recently bought the van and he did not think that I could handle maneuvering it, so he was doing all the driving. Jerk, first of all. <laughs> a little side Sexism. What a jerk, yeah. She couldn't handle it. Um, no, he, but you would say the same thing about me. He parked and jumped in the back of the van and laid down on the... F- what do you want me to say? You're fucking right. I don't know what you <laughs> want me to say. okay okay um sorry (laughs) not because of sexism just of um you suck you're a precious angel baby you don't need to drive a big van but i also wouldn't do this either so sorry you know this or that he parked and jumped in the back of the van and laid down on the futon mattress we had laid there he told me to leave him alone and he proceeded to pass out from exhaustion I was pretty freaked out because the rest area building was unmanned, locked up, and dark inside. The restrooms were closed. The small rest area building was surrounded by dark woods. There were about four other cars in the small parking lot, but no sign of any drivers. So I imagine they were having an emergency laydown as well. 
Normally, I would never have set foot outside the van alone in such a scenario. My instincts told me not to get out of the van, but I had taken some Midol for my menstrual cramps and they had given me brutal nausea. I needed some pretzels. I mustered up all my cur- That's me, by the way. I need some pretzels. I know, that is I you. just really need some pretzels. It's the salt. Uh, I mustered up all of my courage and opened the passenger side door and squeezed through the space between our vehicle and the vehicle that was parked directly next to ours. As soon as I had a clear line of sight to the front of the rest stop building, I saw the thing. Saw it, clearly. She, not it, like Pennywise, <laughs> but she's calling it it. Yeah, I know. It was 2007, so... Um, well, it was already out. I'm rambling. Straight ahead, I saw the brightly lit front facade of the rest stop. To the left of the doors was it. To the right of the doors was a vending machine. Immediately, it communicated with me. I was flooded with what I considered a telepathic message from the being. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I must travel by night and exist in darkness. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. First of all, that's Amy. Second huh? of all, <laughs> wait, what? Why is I that must mean? travel by darkness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. And I felt an enormous wave of compassion for the being rather than fear, which may seem a more logical reaction to someone hearing this story. For some reason, my brain only categorized it as one thing initially, an outsider worthy of compassion and tolerance. Its skin was pure chalk white, not the skin tone white, the color white. Its eyes were several times larger than ours, and it had two little air holes for a nose and a very thin mouth. It sounds cute so far. Can I just say? Stop. Like a li- like big, big okay, eyes. Okay, but imagine nose. seeing this in the middle of the fucking night at a rest stop. It also gets way worse. Um... <laughs> Its frame was completely concealed by its enormous, long, black hooded robe. It was as though it was quite gaunt underneath, pretty frail looking. It was sitting on its bottom, knees bent, back against the brick front of the rest area, to the left of the front doors of the rest area. He's just taking a little breather? Sitting, bro. He's trying to travel. That's weird. It was sitting with its back very straight, tall, and erect. It seemed in awe of me, or maybe in awe that I was actually approaching it. It looked vaguely like a human, very vaguely. Its face was snake-like. Its eyes were right on me. I threw a little everyday smile in its direction, and then I did something strange. I continued to walk toward the rest area, even after seeing it. I walked towards the rest area building, closer to it. I walked forward about 20 feet from the rear of the van to the rest area steps. Up those twenty, or up the 20 steps or so, and to the right, where the vending machine was located. My thoughts at this point were very bizarre in retrospect. I felt bad for the thing. I didn't want it to feel different. Different. And then this next paragraph, they were obviously asked a question, and then they responded with another paragraph. So this is what gotcha. they were Also, I'm imagining Voldemort, BT dubs. <laughs> that is just kind of what she described. Voldemort with bigger eyes and smaller mouth, I think. Okay. With like that filter on it. Like, you know what I mean? That big, <laughs> like yes. the alien filter, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds hilariously quaint. If we are indeed talking about an interdimensional being, but I didn't want to run back to the van because I didn't want to hurt its feelings. I didn't want to make it feel like a freak. It had already told me it could not be seen due to the way people would react. So I wanted it to know that I didn't judge it for the way it looked and that I was willing to come to terms with its horrific appearance in order to extend some humanity to it. That's how I feel about you. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. It's Fuck a joke. You. It's a joke. It's a joke. This um, girl is like a next level impact. Yeah, she's she is. She she's really is. worse than she's, me. She's really bad. It's bad. 
So it was with that very bizarrely strong conviction to be righteous and humane to it that I walked towards the vending machine. I actually got pretzels. I'm telling you, my stomach was churning. I used the vending machine with my back to it. She used the vending machine with, with her back, her to, back it. to it. Yeah, so she like was, oh, it. Oh, okay, not we're gonna try the that again. vending machine. We're going to try that again. <laughs> Snyder's in hand. I swiveled around to look at it again before descending back down the steps. It was at that moment the pure terror ripped through me. I was closer to it now, approximately 15 feet away, and I could see now that there was definitely no way that it was human. It was staring right at me like a wide-eyed insect. It was still in exactly the same position, except for that it had turned its head to look at me better as my position changed. It looked like an alien. It looked like a demon. It was not human. Its huge, one-dimensional eyes, were they totally black? I'm not sure. But I know that it did not have whites in its eyes. They were almost almond-shaped, like the classic alien eye that we all know. It was then that I realized that it was extremely fucking tall. Unthinkably tall. Although I was standing, it was sitting, and its head still stood taller than mine. Its huge eyes were fixed on me totally, with fascination, alarm, and with the most intense focus. Just like the way my cat looks at something right before she pounces on it. Okay, this next part is... It kind of just gives more detail about what happens after. When I had made the decision to climb the stairs towards it and not to retreat to the van, I thought that it was sitting on top of something, and that was why it was its head was raised up so high. Now, from this closer perspective, I could see that it was not sitting on anything, but on its own butt. If I had realized that it was this fucking tall at the start, I very well may not have gone up the stairs. So after the ripple of terror went through me, I responded by smiling the way that you smile at a stranger when your eyes catch on the bus. I shouted a casual, thin, innocuous little, hey, how you doing smile. (laughs) First of all, that's me. Can I just say, she flashed the white people smile at Mm -hmm. this, whatever this was, just like, break the silence head nod like thin-lipped smile love it i love it that's how she was being nice to it (laughs) why and how i acted as if things were totally fucking normal i cannot explain i have never acted so cool in my life there's a seinfeld episode where elaine says that one of the reasons that she's a decent person is because when i see freaks in the street i never ever stare at them and yet i'm careful not to look away see because i want to make the freaks feel comfortable first of all that sounds shitty i don't like that writing (laughs) but that's what she was going with here so that's actually what was going through my head believe it or not if i were to guess what the thing was doing when i encountered it judging by its body language i would say that it was somewhat displaced and resting but i have no clue maybe it was in the middle of something far more sinister it did not look like a mutant or an experiment it looked ancient timeless placeless graceful and horrible it was also firmly in this dimension when i saw it It was not a hazy vision in the slightest. The lighting was not dim. It was not even a remotely ethereal experience. The extremely bright lights that illuminated the front facade of the rest area building revealed every contour of this entity. If only I had been closer, I could have provided much more detail about its facial features. As I was walking back to the van, I quickly strategized about how to make sure that my fear did not paralyze me and prohibit me from getting safely inside the car. I decided not to look back or even around me as I turned the key, because if I saw that it had moved or I saw it coming towards me, I would have been too terrified to manage with the car keys. I got in the van, I locked the door, I screamed that we needed to leave immediately, and we did. As we drove away, about 90 seconds after it was last in my sight, I looked out the window and saw that it was gone. There was nothing where it had been, just a brick wall and a concrete floor. What What did this bitch see? I feel like whenever you hear stories about, like, 
creepy entities or whatever they're never just like sitting chilling you know what i mean yeah like this one's like something's going like, on they're always standing and i don't know also it's curious that she felt so drawn to it and kind of comfortable to it and wanted i mean obviously she's an empath but almost like the entity kind of it like pumped out calming shit yeah like it, it it was something it like influenced her to she does mention in the post in parentheses at the bottom something about she kind of thinks that it might have been a fallen angel now at this point is like where she thinks so i guess to her that means that a fallen angel would be like kind and would invoke compassion in mm -hmm. that way so that's was her opinion on it but yeah but then it's also like why was he there and then he just left. He's resting at the rest stop. I don't know. It's very weird because normally there's a reason that entities are doing stuff. But that one is just kind of. Well, there, there's a reason. It's just unknown. I know. But I mean. I don't know how to explain it. That was a good one. You can put it on the record. That was a good one. Thanks. Did you find that today? I found all of them today. Oh. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure. I came up with this episode idea. And it was a bad one for me because I found that when I'm reading people's firsthand accounts, I'm just like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I don't believe anybody. Mm -hmm. So trying to pick something that I'm like, oh, people will enjoy listening to this is impossible for me because I, I don't even enjoy reading it because I don't believe it. So if I can't even believe it, how do I pick something to share with people? That's why I found it so hard. So you don't believe any of the stories that you just read? 100% believe the hat man. Not in the sense that it's like a paranormal entity, but that it's an internal um, like trauma response. In the same way that like my, what I see, used to see when I was younger was. So he's just like a common hallucination. It's a man in a hat. You know what I mean? That's like the most, I mean, think of just the most basic that's what he is. Um, no disrespect if the hat man happens to be a real entity. Yeah, I was about to say, he better come whoop your ass here. tonight. <laughs> but but I think that it's an internal... I think... Sorry. I think a lot of um, I see stuff at night is internal like trauma responses. I don't really think that it's... Especially when stuff is just watching you, not interacting with you, or interacting with the environment around you. It's just a manifestation of something going on. And I say that mm -hmm. as someone who has had that a lot. That's my opinion. I think if something's messing with you, pulling the covers off, turning lights off, throwing bread off the counter, I think that could be... So you only, I kind of think that could be paranormal. You only, <laughs> you only think that they're valid when they're like actively doing something. Or malicious. Or, or they're visible but not interacting with you. Those ones specifically are i woke up and saw a dark figure at the end of my bed staring at me there's i don't believe that they have a reason to do that like there is no they're either messing with you because they're in your space or they're just floating around and you get a picture okay but th that didn't clear up if you believe in them or not <laughs> true you believe in what said specifically what well, you said you don't really believe the stories except for the that the hat man is like a trauma response. But then you also said 
you know, seeing them, they're just hanging out, moving around. So do you believe in them? Or do you think they're just hallucinations and trauma responses? The ones I just read? I mean, just in general. Oh, my God. I already answered this question. So if they're... If I'm they're sorry, black I'm figures stupid. just looking at you, yeah. they're not interacting with the environment at all, and yeah. they're just chill- they're just hanging out there, and they're there clearly for you. When you cover your head, they go away. When you uh, turn the light on, they go away. When you whatever, they go away. They're, they're, those are connected to a person. Those are internal responses to me, in my opinion. If they are, if you're just living in your home, and a ghost is in there and is not. Showing itself to you for a purpose is not, like, it's just vibing, right? This ghost is just chilling, doing its own thing, being an orb, being an apparition, whatever. That could be a ghost, possibly. I don't necessarily believe in that either, but, so in this case, it's a no for me for the hat man. But not, you just <laughs> No, I I can't believe you don't understand what I'm saying. No, I understand. It's all I about just, relational stuff. Yeah, if, I know. I just want a more clear-cut answer, but I understand what you're saying. So for the Hatman, no, I don't believe in it. I don't believe either of them. They're both trauma responses. Like you don't believe they could be seen by other people. I think plenty of other people probably see have trauma That's responses not what I that are the same. If someone else walked in the room, yeah, yeah, no, I don't believe that. Okay. So that one that his significant other saw it too, no, I don't believe it. But doesn't that give a validity? No. How? <laughs> If you're saying that it can't be seen by other people, then if there's one that multiple people have seen, they could be lying. Why would they lie? Why wouldn't they lie? Okay. They would lie to give their story validity, like you're saying. Oh, my God. If I woke up and thought there was an intruder in the house, and I indicated to you there was an intruder in the house, Mm -hmm. you would, without seeing it, believe me, 100%, you would be like, Oh my god, there's an intruder in the house because we're we're together. Well, of course I would, but I wouldn't make it up that I that I saw it if I didn't actually. One see person it. wrote the post. Okay, and, and it was like they saw it too. That doesn't give me anything. Oh my. Okay. This is why Fantastic. we're getting a divorce. Can't make that episode. I mean that joke in the fifth episode. Are you ready for my last one? Yes, I'm so ready. I should tell you something. What? Yesterday, I forgot to tell you, yesterday at work, this should have been my high. They gave us I have a question, uh, $50 Walmart gift cards. What? Yeah, yesterday at work for Thanksgiving. We have a $50 Walmart gift card and you didn't yeah. fucking tell me? I forgot to tell you, yeah. I have a rant. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just remembered. You ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Ooh. <laughs> Okay, so normally I wouldn't want to tell this story because it's not this person's personal experience. It's their friend's story, but I thought it was a really good story. This was written by Reddit user MBMaybeWIGA, and it was written 180 days ago. They say, not my story, but a friend from college. A house her family lived in for a while when she was a kid had an attic that ran the length of the house, and the access was through a door in the back of her brother's closet at the far end. Their parents forbid them from messing around up there because it was filled with boxes from previous tenants. The landlord said, I don't care if you look through them, but I don't know what's in there, so do it at your own risk. 
and because if someone got hurt by something falling on them or something, it might go unheard slash unnoticed until too late. To make things weirder, at the very back end of the attic, so right above her bedroom, was a little locked door. Well, Friend starts getting woken up at night by the sound of someone moving around quietly, which always turns into rapid, quiet creaking, almost right above her. She figures it's her brother. Because he'd have to cross over their parents' room as well, she figured he'd get caught eventually, and just did her best to ignore the the sound or think about what a teenage boy might be doing to cause it. One day during the summer, she slept in on a weekend. When she woke up, she looked outside and saw her parents working on the big produce garden that they'd put in. She went and got some breakfast, then went back up to her room to play with her Game Boy. For the first time after months of getting woken up, she heard the noises during the day. Curious to catch him in the act, she crept to her brother's room. The closet door was open. The attic access was also open. She quietly went up the steep and narrow stairs until she could just peek in and saw first that a path had been cleared. Ugh. And then that the mattress her dad had wedged in front of the little room had been slid aside. Most surprising, however, was that the locked door at the back was ajar. Her brother stuck his head out, saw her right away, and smiled, calling her over. You gotta come see this, he said, and then pulled back inside of the dark room. She said that the only other time she had ever felt so instantly, totally, instinctually afraid was her first time hearing a cougar scream at night in the woods. She instantly noped and flew all the way downstairs into the front yard to tattle on her brother, only to see him hauling stuff around and helping their parents. As he'd been all morning and afternoon, apparently. Shocked and afraid of not being believed, even they asked why she looked so afraid. She simply answered, I think there's someone in the attic. When pressed, she said she heard footsteps and saw that the door was open when she went to look. Dad swore and went and got his gun from his truck and instructed them to wait 15 minutes. If yeah, he didn't, buddy. <laughs> if he didn't come back out, they were all to get in the truck and drive to the neighbor's place a couple miles down and call the police. No cell phones back then. He went in and after a very anxious wait, he came back out pissed as hell, demanding the kids to fess up who had been messing around up there. Both denied it, and the family went to look as a unit, with friend reluctantly bringing up the rear. Someone had indeed pushed all the boxes and the mattresses out of the way. The door was indeed unlocked and open. All that was inside, no light, no window, was an old rocking chair, and everything covered in decades of dust, with no sign that anyone but them had been in the room at all. No streaks, no footprints, just some ancient mouse shit in an old chair. Her brother pointed to this as proof he couldn't have been the one because how would he leave no signs? In the absence of other explanations, dad didn't buy it. Her brother got grounded for the next couple weeks for breaking the rules and sneaking around and friend refused to go back to the attic the rest of the time they lived there, sleeping on the couch in the downstairs living room when she could get away with it because the sound of steps and the rocking would still regularly wake her up. She told the story at a couple gatherings as an answer to similar scariest thing to happen to you prompts, but details left out included some eerie notes. Well into adulthood, years and years after they moved away, she still has reoccurring nightmares about the attic. It's always the same dream, but it goes one of two ways. In the dream, it's like she's on a rail. No matter how she tries to stop, go backwards, etc., she just smoothly glides along, up the stairs, down the hall, into her brother's room, up the attic steps, unable to close her eyes or turn away. The way it usually goes is that she is frozen at the point right where she can see into the attic and the door to the little room is open. Her brother's smiling face emerges, but she knows in her heart it's not him. The not-brother grins and beckons, and the attic gets shorter and shorter, her unable to turn or run away until she is just within arm's reach 
and just as he lunges for her she wakes up drenched in a cold sweat and crying oh the other way it goes it's the same all the way until the attic but then when her brother's face peeks out she knows it is him in this version though he's covered in thick dust his hair his skin etc except that tears have streaked his face he calls out to her but makes no noise she can't understand what he's trying to say except for two words help me then something pulls him back inside and she is frozen knowing in her gut that something terrible is happening to him but she can't save him this goes on until she wakes up racked with guilt and fear i met her brother at a barbecue and asked him about the house in the little room apparently he never heard her side of the story i didn't tell him details he swore he never went up there for fear of spiders and was pissed he was grounded but innocent because it meant missing out on some summer stuff he and his friends had planned he always assumed it was a prank by his sister where she panicked and lied when their dad reacted all serious and got his gun i asked him if he remembered anything weird about the house and he said the only thing he thought was weird was that he'd wake up knowing he dreamt but not remember the dreams at all said it was only weird because he doesn't normally have a sense of dreaming at all before or after that house but while they were there the feeling happened all the time otherwise had only good slash neutral memories from there i never got the impression she was lying always spooked me hearing the story because assuming all details are correct there's too many big questions what was she hearing at night why was the door open to the attic who moved all the boxes how did the little room unlock when none of them had the key if someone had gone in or come out how were there no marks in the dust and most importantly if that wasn't her brother wtf did she see up there boom mic drop i'm gonna leave that in <laughs> so people know that you did that that's embarrassing okay that oh. was that was scary i know i didn't like that I made yeah. me uncomfortable. Yeah. I think, like, mimicking stuff like that really freaks me out. Well, because there's, you look at it, there's two options, mm-hmm. right? Either something was trying to lure her in, something mm-hmm. bad, or did the brother get entity swapped, like, some sort of us-type situation, and that mm. was her real brother, like, come here, come look at this come help me or something oh my god and then the brother that has lived with her for the rest of her life is the is the bad thing is the not brother yeah is the not brother yeah bro that would be scary i don't know that's crazy i mean it seems like mimicking is more likely yeah for that i guess but yeah because especially to get a kid to trust you like you would you know if you could take the form of somebody that they trusted but i mean clearly that didn't work did the brother to be mimicked actually go up there at some point and interact with it and then doesn't remember it maybe and then got mimicked hmm either way i don't like it yeah i don't enjoy it Mm-hmm. that was scarier than my alien at a rest stop you think it was an alien no you never said <laughs> <laughs> but my thing that looks like an alien at a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, I think we, it looks we like never Voldemort. said what we thought that was because uh, there's just not enough. Like, I don't know. No, there was too much description. No, that was no, a very. There was a lot of description, but I mean, there wasn't enough. I that one just yeah, that was great. <laughs> We're gonna get a lot of usable stuff from this. I know we are. Um, that one made me uncomfy. The one I just read? Yeah. Because we kind of went back to the one you said. Yeah. It's definitely freaky. And I'm glad I found it because that's the one I couldn't find forever because it was a, it was a comment, not a 
see not opposed here's my thing too with yours is mm-hmm. like when we go to bed tonight and we mm-hmm. lay down not to get too sexy everyone <laughs> when, we go, <laughs> when we go to bed tonight and lay down you know what we're gonna hear our upstairs fucking neighbors <laughs> like that sounded gross no they're gonna be like it's like you know the steps thumping yes i just don't understand because they are up until three of the morning but then yeah but then they are also awake at fucking 8 a.m yeah and it's like when do they sleep maybe they have completely opposite schedules they have to they have to sleep while we're at work it is just Oh my god! That one of them has to sleep while I'm at work, and the other one sleeps in the afternoons for, or evenings. I mean, it's like they get ready for work at 11 p.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m., <laughs> 9 a.m. There's five people living in that house up there. Um, I mean, who fucking knows? I just, I don't know why you buy a house with an attic at this point. I think you just no close that thing up. Don't like ninety percent of houses have attics. I don't know, but some of them aren't like accessible, like with that, except for like that. Then what's the point? Like that hole in the ceiling that the ladder comes down out of. Like my parents. Yeah. Like you can't walk up there. You have to. Yeah. Balance on the beams, so yeah. it's not like in. Yeah, I think that's really creepy. If you have like a finished attic that you can like walk on and like can be inhabited by something whether an actual human or not that really freaks me out i don't out. want an attic with storage i'm just okay. gonna buy a storage unit okay i mean we're probably gonna have a basement worse that's worse how is that worse an attic freaks me out more oh no because it also makes me think of like that guy who had that lady living in his let's ceiling not, let's not let's not that freaks me I cannot out handle so those stories. Much. I cannot handle those those stories where there's like an intruder who lives in your home. Yeah. Yeah, those that really freaks me out. What what do you guys think? Do you guys think the attics are scarier or basements are scarier? Please I mean, let us know. personally, I've never been in a basement. Whose basement have you been in? In a house, not in a building. That doesn't count. Um, I know of my aunt's basement. I've never been in it. Because they keep the door locked because it's fucking yeah, scary. Yeah, they do. I um, mean, even the bathroom, because there's a bathroom right across from that basement door. That bathroom freaks me out. Bad when vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's late at night. Ugh. Yeah, because it's right next to the basement Freaky. door. Which and is like. Also, because it's a really old house. Yeah, I think it was built in like 1932 or something. Um, And yeah, so that's a scary. That's a scary house. Because the vents, too, in the, the living room. If you drop something in there, they go straight to the basement. It's just like holes in the floor. Oh shit, really? Yeah. I didn't know so the that. Bo- the boys, my my little cousins, have dropped stuff down there before. They're not confused. My cousins have dropped stuff down there before, and uh-huh. then my uncle has to go down there and like get it. I won't though. I- oh hell no. Yeah, I know. I would. I need them to like. They should film a video. I want to see what it looks like. Like I don't want to go down in there. the basement. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm not interested in that. I wanna. But yeah, I've. So you've never been in one. I have been in one. I had there was a basement at my grandpa's church. That uh, doesn't count. I disagree. I think it's not the church. A house. I think the church basement is arguably scarier than the yeah. regular basement. That one was a walkout though on the hill, so it oh. had an open side to it. You could like walk yeah. the door out to the. It yeah. was where the and to make it even worse, it was a. It used to be a 
a Sunday school for little kids. Mm. So it had li- a bunch of little kids stuff in it, dead empty the entire time. They just left it all in there? Yeah. And then that fire. Did they use it? No. They lost funding and couldn't do Sunday school anymore. So, ruh, ruh. Um, And they said, you know what? Instead of donating this shit, we're just going to keep it. Yeah. They kept it hoping they could <laughs> open it again and then oh, okay. paid my grandpa essentially nothing to run an entire <laughs> church. So... <laughs> And my, my grandma yeah. was the music. That was, mm-hmm. that was it. It was just my grandma. Man, they were really um, running that shit. Yeah, there was like a 12-person congregation. Uh, <laughs> Which was just 18 when my family showed up. No, it was about 18 when we went. You said 12. Oh, you're 12 saying- plus 6, baby. That's 18. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when my cousins and stuff would come, it'd be even more. But yeah, we could double the congregation on a good day. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Okay. It's... Okay, the only other creepy basement I know of is in my elementary school. There was this, like, rumor that the basement That's haunted. scary. That's so scary. You didn't even go there! No, I mean, the, a basement in an elementary school. That's yeah. terrifying. Well, used to be high school, though. Yes, so my mom went to high school there when it was a high school. Mm-hmm. And those are their old locker rooms. And so she's been in there. That means my mom went to high school there, too, correct? Um, considering how they're the same age yeah cool anyway but (laughs) i asked my mom and she's like no nothing happened down there like it was you know functional but you know your mom is not i (laughs) i could not i could not imagine your mom being like yeah i saw a ghost in high school in the basement (laughs) okay no 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 but i'm so factual i had like i can't remember the details of it but i remember being really creeped out and thought that i heard something in one of the hallways when i was in fourth grade at the school i cannot remember a single detail but i remember being scared (laughs) (laughs) why are you laughing at me because because you being scared in the hallway in fourth grade is like of course you were scared in the hallway in fourth grade but i wasn't like a scaredy cat you were Mm, yeah i mean if i was home alone i was scared but I mean, I was Anyways. in the hallway alone, but it was freaky. No, 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 no. I have this one more thing to say about the basement. We concocted this whole story because we saw this splatter of red paint mm-hmm. on, like, the landing of the stairs in the basement. Like, you could kind of see it because I guess there's windows down there in the basement. So, like, there was some light coming in. And we would just always kind of glance down there. And we saw red paint and we were like, oh, my God, it's blood. But obviously, that's not what dried blood looks like. It was fucking red. But, I mean, we were literally nine years old. <laughs> the maintenance man that spilled that was like, crap. And people... I have just started. <laughs> they probably did it on purpose. <laughs> and people would intentionally um, kick balls down there. So they could go get it. So them. they could see if they could go get it. But That's so the, funny. The I would teacher, never do that. Yeah, me neither. The teacher always went and got them. Yeah, I would never go get them. They wouldn't let us. Of course not. <laughs> That's such reason. a liability. Yeah. I just want to know how big how big they were. It's just weird I mean, that what they was? just don't. The locker rooms under the gym. Oh, probably just the size of the gym, like well, half and half. That's still pretty big. Agreed. That is big. Anyway, Ugh, to make gym class worse, you got to go downstairs to change, and then go up to go to gym. You got to start off a little upstairs jog. <laughs> what um, were you gonna say? Sorry. I've st- I don't think you have to have been in a scary basement to think basements are scarier than attics. Yeah. I mean, barbarian. I have never... <laughs> I have never seen a scary attic. I've never been scared by an attic. I've been scared like, by the idea... In real of, life? In real life, I've never seen a scary attic. Every attic I've seen has been 
lovely. It's it's had this yours, is downright lovely. Yours is the only one where I've ever seen we have to balance on the beams, but yeah. No, I guess there my granny's lazy. was a little scary. Well, the attic that creeps me out is the one in Sinister. We don't have to talk about Sinister. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Sinister. I'm just like bringing up all this shit. Yeah, I'm gonna be so you. scared to go to bed. You're um, so fucking funny because so much scares you, but at the same time, you're like. <laughs> the hat man's just a trauma response He's the hat man real. is a trauma response it okay, is but by that many different people yes it's okay. a generic shaped figure they're all wearing different hats they're all men i mean they, uh, fedora type hat get it right other people said other type hats yeah but only one i didn't see was a cowboy hat so that's that's erasure so previously i said i don't have a rant or a rave but i remember something and this is about Mr. Joe from Trader Joe's. Not really the man. Just Trader Joe's. Because they fucking got rid of my favorite seasonal item, which is the gobbler turkey wrap. (laughs) No, you're laughing, but every time I love something that is like Thanksgiving leftover in a sandwich, they fucking get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, again, how can they keep doing this to me? Don't you think that means they're going to put something else out? No. Because I just went to Trader Joe's a week ago and there was nothing in place of it. Maybe like, there, there was be. nothing new. No. I'll Listen look. to this. This is a delicious fucking wrap. Are it, you about to describe this wrap? I'm going to read the little thingy. Okay. So it has turkey, obviously. And then it also has stuffing, cream cheese, and cranberries <laughs> in a whole wheat tortilla. Like, horrible. it was, like, I ate it so much last year that I almost got sick of it. That sounds disgusting. Because I ate, like, two a week. <laughs> like, November through December. Like, I remember I would take one of those to, for lunch at work, like, almost every fucking day. And now they're just going to get rid of it? <laughs> How could they do this I think your story varied wildly there. You said two a week and you said <laughs> once to work every day okay but what, what if is I only the work truth? two days a week what's the truth did you eat two or five three <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember there only being three in the fridge but okay go off you thought there was more i mean it sounds like a healthy-ish and delicious I mean, treat that i'll never have again never i'm actually gonna try to recreate my own i've never had cranberry sauce so i don't know what that tastes like and it's just so fucking disappointing. First, the turkey cranberry flatbread from Panera. And then the holiday stuffing panini from Starbucks. When will it end? This is a turkey cranberry th- Cotton stuffing. Patch. Cotton patch. Yeah. The turkey meal. Cotton patch. And you know who the original was? The black eyed pea. Remember that? Oh. <laughs> this is actually my mom's fault <laughs> because is- we would go to Black Eyed Pea, which I'm sure doesn't exist anymore. The one that we went to shut down years ago. But it was a restaurant called the Black Eyed Pea. And me and my mom would go fucking at least once a month. Like, I went there for my birthday one time. <laughs> at least <laughs> to get once- some turkey. <laughs> yes. At least once a month. And they, year round, had this turkey and, and dressing dinner. And it was fucking delicious. You could pick your own sides. It came with cranberry sauce. But I didn't like cranberry sauce when I was little because I thought that was weird. But the stuffing and the turkey fucking slapped, man. And then they shut the restaurant down. Then they take away my flatbread, my panini, my wrap. <sighs> it's a hard life And then TGI here. Fridays took away that one pasta meal. Well, that yeah, like. but that's not Thanksgiving food Yeah, related. but there's a trend if you like something, it gets taken away. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah. God hates me. <laughs> no. Well, this has been quite the ramble after the fact. Yeah. But that was my rant. Yeah. And if you guys email us, marriedpod at gmail.com and give us a story. Could be fiction. Could be real. Could be funny. Could be scary. We'll read it. No parameters. Just. <laughs> so many other people have emailed us. You should. <laughs> you were laughing too so many people have emailed us we've Bet. gotten flooded it's hard to get through them all so if you want to join <laughs> we're gonna have to hire an assistant yeah if you want to join um in on what everyone else is doing please <laughs> i can't take you email seriously us. you're the only one that's emailed the email <laughs> and you said hi no i think i said no because you emailed me. Anyways, if you want to be the 56th person to email the email, <laughs> then go ahead and email that. Um, the email's popping off. The pod is popping Stop. off. We've gotten 8 million plays per episode. Stop. We're actually going to quit our jobs and do this full time. Please don't quit your job. Um, <laughs> we're very successful. Um, Please. <laughs> stand you thank you for listening to our scary stories and our ranting and rambling about basements attics i guess the floor level and other levels are fine basements and attics are scary though the floor levels <laughs> i couldn't remember what they're called floors, all good <laughs> third if you got it b's and a's no good b's and okay and then you can follow us on instagram at this is why we're married and you can follow us on twitter if it's you know still up hanging out at married pod underscore and email us at married pod at gmail.com thank you guys for listening thank you bye see ya what's the outro